0: Uh, hello, everyone. How you going? Uh, welcome to the Mr. Sitter podcast. Uh, I'm Anthony Locaccio, as, as as I am every day. Um, sorry for the tardiness of today's episode. Um, I just came back from Avoca Beach. I uh, went to a very nice wedding there last night and uh probably plundered maybe somewhere between seventeen and twenty glasses of champagne, but didn't mix drinks, which is uh which is which is strategic because uh we got home at about twelve thirty and then I uh I woke up at two and saw USA Netherlands because there is no rest for the stupid. Uh and then I, I woke up again at six to watch the Socceroos. Um so I'm very hungover and I am very tired and I've been—I'm getting quite used to being very tired, um, but the the hangover certainly doesn't help. So I'm not going to chew your ears off too much today. We're just going to do what we're here to do, and we're going to chat about the first two games from the round of sixteen of the World Cup. Uh, two games that were quite exciting for for a couple of reasons. Um, there there are a lot of parallels to draw between these two matches. Um, but you know, I'm not going to risk. The ire of the internet once more by comparing the USMNT to the Socceroos um, again. So I will instead go through the games individually. Uh, USA Netherlands was um, it was a, it was a decent game. Uh, a few people quite fancied the USA to do okay here, um, and I thought you know they might have a shot at, at doing well, but uh, the Netherlands showed that when it counts most, they really stepped up. Um, they were pretty. Easy, comfortable winners. There was a really early chance for Christian Pulisic. Uh, he was played onside by Daley Blind, uh, the left wing back for the Netherlands, and uh, Pulisic hit the ball straight at the goalkeeper. I actually made a pretty good save. The the super tall, lanky, almost quit football a couple of years ago to become a policeman. Don't really know his name, goalkeeper for um the Netherlands. You guys know the story behind this really tall guy. He almost quit football a few years ago. He was playing in like Ternano or some shitty Italian team in Serie C, and then he almost quit to become a policeman. And now he's the he's the number one, the Netherlands keeper. Um, he made a great save on Pulisic, but Pulisic probably should have put it away. And from there, the Netherlands just had their way with the USA. Um, Cody Gakpo. Did not score here. The USA have the distinction of being the first team at this World Cup to not concede a goal to Cody Gakpo. So, congrats, boys. Uh, he did, however, make a quite strong slalom run through the midfield, uh, play the ball to Denzel Dumfries, who we'll be speaking about a lot. Uh, if you've seen the game, you'll know that uh, with and Dumfries played just the perfect low cross um, edge of the box to. An on-running Memphis Depay, who scored his second goal of the World Cup and put the Netherlands 1-0 up. Really, really tight finish. Uh, I'm a big fan of Memphis Depay. uh, And if he starts firing properly, as I said in the previous episode, uh, the Netherlands could be quite dangerous. Uh, Dumfries then got a very similar assist uh, to the aforementioned Daily Blind, who put the Netherlands 2-0 up. And then, of course, Dumfries got in on the act, himself scoring a goal, He was man of the match, by far, two assists and one goal for the right wing back. There are occasionally games where Denzel Dumfries just decides to take the game by the balls himself and just go for it, and this was one of those games. Uh, I won't say an inconsistent player, but a player who the whole on-his-day axiom uh, applies to. His day, he's solid most of the time. Occasionally, he's extraordinary, and today he was that... Um Xavi Simmons, the nineteen year old uh sideshow bob looking wonder kid who plays for PSV Eindhoven, but was in the uh he was I believe he came out of La Masia, and then he went to PSG and was a youth player there. Now he's getting a pretty substantial run in PSV with Cody Gakpo um and playing really, really well. He he came on and he played World Cup debut, that's cool. Uh the Yanks, they had opportunities. Uh Tim Ware had a had a good shot saved by the goalkeeper. Uh Weston McKenney hit a good shot from outside of the box, but beyond that they, you know, this is this is a pretty this is a pretty routine victory for the Netherlands and they march on to the quarterfinals. First team, they were the first team to qualify. No, France were the first team to qualify for the round of sixteen. The Netherlands are the first team to qualify for the quarterfinals. So congrats to them. Uh, after the game, Weston McKenney said that uh he sees uh, the potential of the team and he knows that eventually this USA team uh, will be a top international side uh, I think that's quite wishful thinking uh, you know eventually could be could be who knows how long um, but I think he was implying that he would be in the team so we're, we're, we're looking at like five to ten years maybe uh, the midfields really cool um, him Musa and Tyler Adams who I, I love uh, are really good. They've got some interesting attacking players, uh, Pulisic, Gio Reyna, etc. I'm not sure if they will reach those lofty heights, but they've done well here, and we'll see see moving forward uh, how they go. Um, I don't think you can quite draw the same parallels with the Socceroos uh, for a number of reasons. Um, I think the main protagonists for the Socceroos are players that... Are you know on the ro- on approaching thirty or, or or older than thirty, and other than Garan Qual, I really don't know what stars in the making we have coming through. But we'll chat about that in a moment because Australia Argentina was a game that the entire nation very obviously was looking forward to. I was looking forward to it as well. Uh, I don't think anybody in their right mind really gave Australia a chance, but to walk away from that game 2-1 losers is extraordinarily commendable um this Australia team has done so so well in this world cup they have punched so heavily above their weight and they we should all be extremely proud of them i know that you know anyway we're not gonna get into the the, the my, my supposed anti-socerroo sentiment just for a little bit let's talk about the game uh, the first half was a bit rough to watch uh, the Socceroos were mostly completely played off the park in the first half they did do a little bit better in the second half uh, the first goal was just messy magic um, the probably the prototypical messy goal where he he almost took the ball off one of his own players in the box and then like made that darting run in the perfect the perfect curvature on his shot. Uh, Just curl it into the bottom left-hand corner. Matty Ryan possibly could have done a little bit better with it, but it was, you know, it's messy. Um, And then Julian Alvarez scored to make it 2-0 with a pretty scrappy finish from some good work on the left-hand side. Uh, And I'm really happy for Julian Alvarez, who I, I said a couple of days ago, and it's proving to be, like, the case... Clearly, a much better partner for Messi than Lautaro Martinez, uh, who I very, very, very full heartedly uh, predicted to be the top scorer of this competition before the before the tournament started. So my bad. Uh, Julian Alvarez is quite the player. Man City have got quite the young talent on their hands, and so do Argentina. And there was some there's some cool stuff that's been uh, released online that I've seen uh in the wake of alvarez scoring a couple of goals in this world cup and being messi's partner whereby uh in 2011 he's like i don't know 10 years old and like pushing to the front of a bunch of kids to get in a photo with messi uh and there's an interview of him when he's around that age and they're like what's your dream and he said to play the world cup and who's your idol and he's like messi and now he's playing at the world cup with his idol that's super duper cool um Good, 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 good on Julian Alvarez. I like him a lot. I hope he gets his adult acne sorted out pretty soon. Uh, and then Australia popped in a goal. The Socceroos scored a goal in every single game of this tournament. That's fucking awesome, man. This one, um, I think this isn't a controversial statement. Easily the worst goal that Australia scored at this tournament. Uh, Goodwin's shot. Looked like it was going into the car park. It looked like it was. It, it's. It was not. It was not on target the shot, and it somehow took a wicked deflection off um, uh, Enzo Fernandez and went in the goal and gave Argentina quite the fright because Garanqual had a chance late on uh, where he turns and he shoots and uh, Emmy Martinez makes a miraculous save. A lot of people have bemoaned the chance and have said that um. You know, qual should have finished it uh, First of all, we're talking about a teenager uh, who, who still technically plays in the A-League And second of all, it's all the save, guys It's it's Emi Martinez's save It's wonderful, it's timely And he guaranteed that Argentina move on to the uh, quarterfinals to play the Netherlands If this morning's game showed us... Games showed us anything It's that Argentina should really fear the Netherlands I, um... I predicted that I predicted that this matchup would happen, and I predicted that Argentina would get through. I think I'm gonna change my mind on that one. I think the Netherlands are a super serious team, and Argentina are vulnerable, uh, certainly on the, on the counter attack, and their midfield looks incredibly weak. Uh, Rodrigo De Paul is not having a very good tournament, and the likes of Paredes. Uh, not not super reliable Enzo Fernandez is obviously a star in the making But he can't do it all himself And they're wasteful up front Lautaro missed a guilt edge chance in this match uh, They're wasteful up front uh, The Netherlands on the other hand Are ruthlessly efficient from what I see uh, And when you've got Virgil van Dijk Helming your back line In addition to Jurian Timber And um, Nathan Ake Who are both exceptional defenders in their own right uh, the likes of um, Frankie de Jong in midfield on his day, an exceptional player. Cody Gakpo was spoken about. Dumfries played out of his skin this morning. And then, yeah, Memphis Depay as well, scoring. Uh, I-, I think the Netherlands are going to take this one and they're going to get revenge for 2014 where Argentina knocked them out in the semi semifinals. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. Um, the Socceroos exit this tournament. Undeniably, with their head held so so high, nobody fancied them to even you know. I, I think a third place finished in the group would have been um, good uh, in a lot of people's minds going in. Myself, very much included. I wasn't expecting too much from this from this group because I think in terms of players and in terms of the coach, this is the worst generation of soccerers I've ever seen, and I I don't you know I. I don't think that's a controversial statement. We we have the fewest Socceroos playing in Europe. Um our main striker is is a is is a guy who plays in the second division in Japan. Um Graham Arnold has never coached outside of Australia before. It's not it's not a the signs aren't good for the future, guys. And you know, I I, I don't know the most about this stuff, but I know enough to know that um yeah i've said it a few times that there's there's bureaucratic and systemic blockades which stop uh, australia growing as a football nation and it's not just because we don't pump the money in it's not just because i mean one of the big things is the money and certainly how much it costs to have your kid playing uh, at elite level football uh, as a teenager is um is another gigantic factor but these all go into these these bureaucratic and systemic things, and it's it's extremely emblematic of the Australian culture, generally. You know, um, things take a while to get done here. We like to we we don't we don't like to be innovative. We like to copy things that America and the UK do. So, who knows? I, I'm hoping that this extraordinary run. Uh, unlike the rules in 2006, uh, making it through the group stage this time around, I hope it wakes people up to the fact that football is a thing that we should invest in in this country. Football is a thing that we should very much get behind, um, and we should try and make it the number one sport in this country because it's the number one sport in the world, because it, it's the best sport ever. Um, now, I, I'm too fucking tired to... Um, to go into the you know the internet vitriol that I that I've received over the past like I I my first video that all the fucking soccer people hated or whatever and everybody is still now even now I go on TikTok and there's there's comment after comment about this is the worst take I've ever heard or whatever and like okay man um I maintain that my my sentiments are being misconstrued by stupid people and that's fine but I, I would like to take responsibility for perhaps not correctly articulating what I really wanted to say and I will try my best right now to say it. Um, football fans in Australia are amazing. The footage of all of the people waking up at the crack of dawn to go and meet in places like Federation Square, um, the casino, you know pubs, bars, uh, the TV set up all over the place. Um, football fans in Australia are awesome. Football fans, uh, football fans in Australia are, are wonderful, they're passionate, and they're just as invested in football as fans anywhere else. And in fact, the fact that we have to wake up so fucking early to watch football should be a testament to our gumption. Uh, football culture here is amazing. Football is alive and well in Australia. And because of that, this is no reflection on the players. But we deserve a team that is competitive on the biggest stage. We really do. We put our hearts and souls into this. And we deserve, we deserve a, a, a team that it's not a surprise if they make the round of 16, you know? We deserve a team that doesn't have to punch above their weight to get there in a group with Tunisia and Denmark, you know? I would like to see a time where Australia in a group of Tunisia and Denmark would think, yeah, we got this. No problem. And perhaps that will come. Um, but that's, that's really what I meant, um, f- f- in the video and, and in all of these videos so far. Um, and I don't think that that's a controversial take, but you can't, you can't beat the internet. <laughs> the internet is undefeated. Um, so I will bow out of this conversation about the soccer rules now, lest I upset anybody else with my sentiments. Um... That's basically it, um, because there's only two games, and I guess the episode's going to get shorter from here on out because the games are going to be fewer and farther between. I realise that there have been 50 games of this World Cup so far, there's 64 games overall, 48 in the group stage, two tonight. I have watched 50 games of football in the last two and a half weeks, guys. Two and a half, or is it three? It's three. Is it three? I think it's three. Or two. Who the fuck knows? I don't even know. I don't even know what week it is. I don't even know what day it is anymore. But I've watched 50 games of football in the last little period. that's fucking nuts man I am I uh, who somebody should have warned me against doing this but it's okay here we are we've only got 14 left and I genuinely can't wait for every single one uh before we get into the matches tonight Pele uh, Pele Pelé, uh, many people's pick for the greatest player of all time Brazilian legend Pele is sick he's a. Uh, he been battling cancer for a while, and he's now been moved into end-of-life care at eighty-two years old uh, because chemotherapy has stopped working. Uh, we wish we, me, Del Piero, and Vegeta—the the team here—we wish we wish, uh, wish Pele and his family the absolute best. Um, and I hope I hope that he's okay. Uh, there's been conflicting reports on exactly how sick he is, but we'll um, we'll find out uh, if Pele. I mean. Uh, uh, what I want to say here is, if you thought that Brazil were going to be hard to stop from winning the entire World Cup now, uh, before, no one's stopping them now, guys. The, to to have their greatest, well, the, the, their biggest football legend icon, uh, on his deathbed during this World Cup, it's theirs, guys. They're going to be doubly motivated now to do it. If the if if Pelé passes away while this World Cup is on first of all the the poetic kind of um sadness and I don't know uh, uh, I don't want to say appropriate it, it, it would just be so surreal if Pelé were to he's missed the World Cup the World Cup doesn't exist and doesn't it doesn't gain the height of of global notoriety without him. That's as simple as that. So for him to to pass away during the World Cup would be Yeah, it would be it would be insane. And if that were to happen, no one's stopping Brazil I don't think anyone's stopping Brazil anyway. Uh, but let's hope that he doesn't. Uh, let's hope that the great man lives on because he's eighty two and that's not you know, that's old, but that's not that old. He's got he's got life in him yet. Uh, tonight, first game is France, Poland. Um, Poland have limped into this round of 16, and they are going to they're going to crawl out of it. Uh, home, uh, France are going to mop the floor with them. France is going to be shitty having lost to Tunisia uh, but the, the you know the the, the main boy is going to be back Kylian Mbappe is going to run riot on Kamil Glick and and Kivior and whoever the fuck else I got back there Shezney will probably be good for one miraculous save but he's not going to be able to do much more than that Lewandowski will still be one goal into his World Cup career I don't see anything but a particularly boring 2 or 3-0 victory for France uh, and then afterwards, we have a much more tantalizing prospect, which is, of course, England, Senegal. Uh, I don't think anybody should be riding Senegal off here. Senegal, uh, they didn't perform great in the group stage except for the match against Ecuador. But nonetheless, here they are, and they're going to be tough. Idrissa um is not going to be playing in this match. Uh, not because it's a pride round and he doesn't want to wear the LGBT shirt. It's because he's suspended from getting two yellow cards in the group stage. That's a big loss for Senegal. He's definitely their kind of midfield string puller, um, and it probably could. It's probably going to be a loss too much. Uh, I want to say, I want to say three 0 England. I think I think this it'll be tough going, but then once they crack them, they'll they'll. They'll go hard, England will. Um, so yeah, I think quite resounding victories for both France and England in these games. And yeah, it will set up a uh, colonial derby between the two of them in the quarterfinal afterwards. Uh, thanks. Thanks for being here with me, guys. Uh, apologies for my uh, general kind of low energy. Uh, some of you might like it. Some of you might you know, insist that I get hung over every single... Uh, day for the for the pod and I will say no because my brain hurts. Uh, yeah, um, tune in tomorrow. It'll be a big episode. Uh, I put up I put up a video about my flop 11 of the tournament, uh, which is which is clipped from the previous podcast. So If you missed that, um, check that out. And I'm going to be putting up the best 11 uh, clip tomorrow. Uh, it would be cool if you were to comment on uh, your your. Opinions uh, without being mean to me, but uh, you know I- I'll-, I'll take the opinions however you will give them. So if you if you feel the need to put them through the lens of being a cunt, you can do that. Uh, that's fine. I have thicker skin than most of you. Uh, this has been Mr. Sitter. I will see you tomorrow. Uh, peep my awesome Ajax top as well. Uh, I'm gonna go buy the Japan jersey this this week. I got to remember to do that. Uh, Japan playing against Croatia tomorrow night. Very very excited for that. Enjoy the football, enjoy life, raise your daughters, be good, take it easy.